Welcome to the Lynn Sanity, a podcast for the Running Club Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Lynn Sanity Podcast. A part of the Running Hook Knot Podcast Network. And boy, oh boy, before we get into this episode, which should be a heater, don't be afraid to, to subscribe, review, maybe write a comment. Maybe just text us your thoughts, I mean, you know, or, or through the through Twitter or whatever the case might be. Just, you know, get, you give your thoughts on, you know, hey, the host might be, you know, a sexy five-star host. And in that case, you um, write a five-star down. No, no, you, I don't think so. You know, if, if, you, if you sit there and you're like, man, my co-host, you, you know, my co-host is, uh, you know, is killing the game. Give us a five star. That's right. If you if you think if you think that uh if if you think if you think our network is doing well, give us a five star. Okay, it it, it helps us. It boosts us. More people can listen to us. We can develop more of a community for you, and uh, you know it, it should be terrific. Very excited about this episode, uh, focusing on the draft, what all will be coming in that. Bryce and I kind of do this like mega like preview, but like we're trying to do it not super long for it. So uh, we're excited and let's just get into it. And uh, Bryce, I feel like, you know, for the two of us, you know, we followed the college basketball season. We followed the playoffs. We followed the finals. We didn't do a wrap up pod, but Alex and Dylan took care of that for us. Um, you know, I, this is, this is our element, right? I mean, this is, this is, we're very excited about this uh, as a podcast to be able to get into the draft. And, you know, I'm excited to our conversation today, bro. So I think it'll be great. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, this is our, our two worlds are colliding, Caleb. I mean, it's, it couldn't be more exciting. So I'm, I'm very excited to talk this with you. I am thrilled to give you guys some people to watch because we, we have it. We know. Sure. I'm very excited. I'm very excited, Caleb. Well, and here's the thing. I don't want to give you the cliche analysis. Okay, that's not what the Linsanity brings. The Linsanity is going to come in. It's it's going to give you some fun. It's going to give you some uniqueness. Uh, you know, we're not going to just sit here and bash the same three things. Uh, moving forward, uh, let's talk about the trade that happened today, Bryce. We want to talk trades. Yeah, let's do it. So the Memphis Grizzlies today finalized a trade, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, to send Jonas Valanciunas, the t- 17th pick in this draft, and the 51st pick in this draft, to the New Orleans Pelicans in exchange for Steven Adams, a man named Eric in New Orleans. Eric B. Eric Bledsoe. Eric B. 2021 picks, number 10, number 40, and a protected 2022 first-round pick, which is top 10 protected, to be specific, to be specific from the Lakers. And that, that, that just kind of leads into the first start, Bryce. I mean, we heard a lot, right? It was flirted around that Memphis might be looking to try to do something for the draft, looking to put themselves in better position. Uh, but but I didn't expect Valanciunas to get dealt, Bryce. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect And then I kind of thought, that, I, I mean, I kind of think the Adams part of it, the Adams and Bledsoe part of it's weird, but maybe that's what they had to do to get the 10th pick. Uh, you know, what What did you think? And, and let's look at it from Memphis' side first. Well, I... <sighs> When I initially saw the trade, I wasn't the biggest fan. Uh, I, I really thought Jonas Valanciunas was a big part of Memphis's season. He kept them in a lot of games. Yeah. I mean, he is a walking double-double, period. 
Yeah. Um, even with some 2020 games. So, I mean, he is, he is a very good big man um, in the league. And I think that's really going to help new Orleans who this kind of worked out for them when we'll talk about them, but they needed that veteran presence. Now, the, the part that I do like for Memphis is moving up into the top 10 because Caleb, they need a three guard badly. Badly, they need a three guard, and I hope that's where they're looking. They at least they should be looking that way. Yeah. Um. I just hope I just hope it works out for them. I hope the guy that they want is there. Um, Yeah. Take you know a Franz Wagner or a Josh Giddy. I will be highly highly upset if they do that. So I I, I want them to take Giddy. No, I don't. I don't. Wow. I don't. For, what, what are you wanting them to do at 10th pick then? What are, you, what are you hoping they do, I guess? Let's well, it, it, it appears that Scotty Barnes is no longer going to be in the top 10. He's going to be in the top five. Okay. Um, I, I would have loved to see that. I don't think that's going to happen. Interesting. Um, I would like to see – I don't think Kaminga is going to drop. I'd like to see a Moses Moody – or um, another guy that I will mention <laughs> later um, as, as a guy that think, might slip. I think I think Moody would be terrific. I mean, I think I think what he would be able to give, um, it, it would be it would be exactly what's needed. Um, Absolutely, you know, because here's the thing: like this team in general, right? They they're looking for some shot creation. They're they're looking for that in some way, shape, or form, and you know I just I think if you're the I think if you're the Grizzlies, if you can get a Moody, if you can get a Bow Knight, if you could get a piece like that to be this off guard weapon for you, you know they should do it, and I, I think that's why they went and did it, Bryce. I think that's why they mm-hmm. did it, but um, we're really not going to know until the draft, and and that's going to be fun to watch, and uh, you know obviously Memphis performed performed very well. Uh, I don't think they have anything to be ashamed of in their first round series. I, I mm-hmm. to be completely honest. I mean, they played really hard and, and, you know, they didn't, you know, the expectations to get to the playoffs wasn't uh, insane, but somehow they still did it. Uh, you know, and then we'll move forward here uh, with a couple of questions that, that we want to get into. We'll add some other questions, but here's some questions uh, that the network uh, sent to us. They were like, Hey, uh, here's an idea. Uh, let's run with it. And so, Bryce, let's talk about a guy. Let's talk about a couple guys that you were really interested to talk about today. Uh, mm-hmm. You were like, hey, let's let's talk about Kaminga and Green. Let's talk about them. How do you value them? What do you see? What do you not see? Well, let's start off with Kaminga. Um, because here's the thing. Like, with Kaminga, I think it's very important for people to understand. Um, he is 18 years old. That is very important to understand. He, he was younger than you typically would normally be in the G league. He technically should have technically senior in high school. Um, You know, Bryce, this is not a player that, that was supposed to be a freshman in like a Cade Cunningham, like class, you know, this is a different guy. This is a project type of guy, but it's clear. And I think you would agree. It's clear that there's elite talent potential. There's an elite talent potential with this guy. But if you draft him, you realistic probably realistically can't say I can guarantee a gigantic contribution immediately. That's the big kicker for him. 
but but I think the development could be outstanding, Bryce. How do you value a guy like this who I think has legit star potential, but is going to have to grow in so many facets just because he's going to have to adjust so much so quickly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, here's the thing about these G League guys, uh, Caleb, and, and let, me, let me start off with this before I get into Kaminga. Sure. Going into the G League is just as valuable – as as going to college, I mean, you might hmm. say more more valuable than going to college. I mean, I mean, here are Kaminga's tangibles coming out, or, or his his measurements coming out into this draft. He is six foot seven. He is two hundred and twenty pounds. His body is NBA ready, and, and that's what you get with working with with these G League teams. This is what you get. Now, here's the thing about Kaminga. In his, in his one year in the G League, he averaged 15.8 points a game. You know, that's pretty good for the G League. Very good. Very right? good. But when you look at it, he only thought he only shot 39% from the field. Oh. Now, that, that doesn't tell the entire story. Two-point field goals, he shot, he shot 46%. Three-point shooting is where he shoots himself in the foot. He shoots a whopping 25% from three. This wow. is where he's got to get better. Wow. This is where he, but but he he can rebound and he can finish around the rim. Mm-hmm. He averaged seven seven rebounds a game in the G League in in thirteen game. He started thirteen games. Sure. I I think he is he is NBA ready. I think he can make an impact on the floor. Um, he's not unplayable. I don't feel like he's unplayable. Uh, but obviously there is a little bit of a, of a project uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But obviously the guy can rebound. Um, and and right now in the league, you value guys, you value wings that can rebound and play defense. Now, would you like them to shoot? Yes. But if you have a guy that can at least play around the rim, I think you're in good shape. So that's how I kind of see Kaminga, right? I've seen him flex, uh, in the top 10 anywhere. I think bottom I saw was like seven, I think there were some mock drafts that saw he could drop to 13 to the Pacers. I don't buy that. I think he goes in the top 10, Caleb. Um, you know, I've seen uh, him hovering around Golden State, uh, which I think would be interesting. Very, but, um, very, <laughs> very, very interesting. But yeah, I mean, I, I think he, he def- he's definitely a top 10 guy. Definitely a top 10 guy. Yeah. I, I think he is too. And I, the reason I say that is when you have a guy like Kaminga, you know, I, it's interesting reading these guides, seeing what they can bring. Um, he, he is one of those players um, that, that has this, like when I draft like top five, top six, Bryce, I am looking for high, high, high upside. Um, that is clearly what he has. Now, for teams interested in him, that's just where I think it gets super interesting because I'm hearing Golden State like you are, okay? But then again, like, can Golden State really rely on him when they want to be a contender next year? Like, right. can Gold? like, I almost think for Kaminga's sake, he, he needs to go to a team that, that's got a little more of a, hey, I can kind of develop myself and not feel the rush to just go out there and immediately play 20 minutes in big-time basketball. Like, 
you know, I'm seeing some things about him going to the Thunder. I like that. I like that. You would get, you'd be able like to mix and match that. I like you'd that be able lot. to mix and match it. You know, I, I'm not necessarily, you know, the biggest Poku guy in the network. I don't think he's a hard, uh, but I'm not like, you know, Alex, Alex loves Poku. Nah, I'm, yeah. I'm not People there. are holding out for him to be a good player. Now I just don't know that's going to, they're going to get that. Yeah. But if you're the thunder and you think that he actually is, then you want to get, you want to get somebody who can kind of mix and match that. I certainly think that, that Kaminga's got the ability to do that. Um, I think I agree with you. His body is completely there. Um, the rebounding is incredible to me. Um, you know, to be, excuse me, to be able to rebound uh, seven a game, but but not even, not even that, but just to be able to do it when physically you're just not as great as some of the guys that you were, you're just not. You know, in the G League, he was one of the, quote, lighter guys because he was just he just wasn't as physically stronger or as get, you know in the sense of he's facing grown men and the adjustment is still having to continue for him. But look, I, I think I think he's got a real chance to be a star. Like I, I think I think Orlando is another great place for him, Bryce. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I I think Orlando is not should not be in the business of uh, trying to get guys who are immediately good because at this point, like. You know, a lot of your players, and it's fine. They're just going to need a couple years to really figure themselves out. And I don't see why you – right. And I just don't see why you wouldn't try to take another chance with Kaminga. And maybe you have a Kaminga-Isaac duo, uh, which say what you want, but that sounds very intriguing to me. So if you can get that, if you can get that, I'm I'm liking it. There's multiple good fits. Um, It's just all going to matter on how people think he is physically and and – I, you know, but I'm in, I'm in on this guy. I think he's really good. I think he's uh, a player that you should, uh, you know, look to draft, but let's get into the other one. Jalen green. Um, basically uh, for many people, he's the cover boy for the G league. Uh, you know, he was the guy that uh, kind of set this whole thing on fire. Uh, the potential of, Oh wait, do NBA guys go to the G, you know, do they see this as an opportunity to get to the big level or is college the right level? Well, Jalen, I think, is going to be the first big example of does it work or not? Clearly, the talent was there. His scoring is just, I mean, right, it's ridiculous. He can score the ball at every level, and it doesn't matter what you do or how you do it. When you are that great offensively at scoring the ball in particular, then I'm not going to be, I'm going to be able to take that and know that I got it right now. I know that. Right. The rest of his game is completely, you know, in progress. Because look, again, younger guy, still trying to figure himself out. But I think here's my take, Bryce. And I'm very curious to see what you think about this. I, I am super curious. Okay. I think he has the highest upside. And I think, gun to my head, he could be the best player in this draft. Can you tell me that I'm wrong? No, no, because I, I mean, obviously Cade Cunningham is, you know, one of those talents that you look at and you're just like, yeah, you're not going to pass that up. But Jalen right. Green is kind of the same thing. Here's my yes. only complaint with Jared, with, with Jalen Green, Caleb, is he's he's kind of one dimensional. He, he's a scorer and th- and that's that's about it. He, he'll grab you a couple rebounds, maybe dish out a couple assists, but he is a scorer. He's not, I wouldn't term him as a playmaker. He is a playmaker scorer. 
but hmm. yeah, I, I'd like to see him improve in those facets of the game. And I mean, it appears that he's going to go to Houston where he will have plenty of opportunities uh, to, to make plays uh, in a, in a yeah. destitute team that has very little. Well, I, I feel like they have enough to build on, but very little to look forward to, you know, Christian Woods going to going to keep developing into a, a, a great player. I agree. Um, Kevin Porter, uh, we'll see what he's going to do in this follow-up yeah. season. You know, he had the rough waters over there in Cleveland and was ousted and uh, ended up in in Houston where he had a string of games where he just absolutely just balled out, right. period, balled out. Right. Um, so, I, I, but Caleb, you're right. He, he is an elite scorer. He can put the ball in the basket. Uh, he shoots 37% from three. Uh, 53% from two point range. So, I mean, he, he's efficient. He's an efficient scorer. Um, would you like to see his three point percentage go up? Yeah. I, th- I think with more reps and, and more work, uh, yes. I think it's going to get there and it'll be fine. That's not really, uh, that's not really a concern of mine. It's can you be a playmaker? Can you be that guy that's going to carry the team, not just with your scoring? Yeah. yeah. That would There's be my only, of- that would be my only nitpick. But again, that's just kind of nitpicking. Oh, you know, I, I, I think he can develop that with time. Yeah. I, I think it, you know, something I, I just saw draft net mention, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like they're gonna, if you put him with the Christian wood, I think the passing would get better. Mm-hmm. I think his ability to trust bigs would get better. Like on ignite, the team that he played for in the G league, I really wouldn't say there's a lot of bigs that you're sitting there. Like, man, I want to get the ball to him as they roll to the basket. Right. Like, I mean, that's not a shot. It's just, it's kind of the truth, you know? And, and I think, I think with Jalen, when you can have a, a Christian wood type, you know, if you try to figure out a way to, you know, like a Tate is kind of this power forward for you. Like, is that intriguing? Um, I, I think Houston for me, if Jalen goes there, I mean, it makes me really excited to kind of see what happens with Kevin and Jalen both. Like those two are just yeah. insanely awesome offensive Absolutely. players. Absolutely. But you have two older guys making a crap ton of money. And like, what are you going to do about it? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that like Gordon, you know, is in potential trade talks and we'll get into that later. But, you know, John Wall is a, Definitely doesn't suck. I, I mean, sure, he's not where yeah. Washington – he's not where he was in Washington, right? But, I mean, I, I don't think he sucks, right? I mean, am I – you know, do, do you think he's just not there anymore? I mean, I, feel, I still think he's very good. He's, he's probably a starter in the league, and, and I don't, I don't want to, um, you know, jeopardize that and, and then put myself in a situation where I have to figure out how to keep Jalen and Kevin happy um, – you know, I feel like those two guys you would want to have as your as your future. I mean, mm-hmm. if Kevin Porter can get his act together on the court, which that's, that's a big if, then if he can, I mean, offensively, that is about as decorated of offensive guards. <laughs> I mean, that you can find in the league. If I'm yeah. just talking offense specifically, and I'm looking at the potential that both of those guys have offensively, those guys are right up there at the top. Yeah. 
No, I, I agree. I mean, it, that, that'll get, I forgot about John Wall. I don't know why, but um, you know, as long as he can, he can stay healthy and maybe play some back-to-backs finally. Yeah. I think you got a yeah. good base to, to build on, especially in, in the guard department. I still think he, they still need a, a solid three guard and, and maybe a four to, to really solidify that team. But I think they have a, they have a good start. I think they can pick up some guys and, yeah, I just I just want to see Houston do well. You know, the coach out there sure. got a really bad shake in his first year. Um, I agree. I mean, you could see the season broke him, and none of it was his fault. It wasn't no. his fault at all. So I just hope Houston can improve. They can really see they can really see some success this year. And and you know what I'm also going to do with Jalen Green that's going to help him out in the long run. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not going to compare him to Zach Levine. I'm not, I'm not going to do that because that's what everybody's wanting to do. I'm not doing it. The fact I think, I think Jalen will be, he, I'm not saying that he wouldn't be able to score the ball like that, that, that he can't do some of that stuff, but I'm not going to go there with him. I will say, I think he is a locking in guy. Um, Honestly, with how deep, you know, if green was probably even in last year's draft, I mean, <laughs> there's an argument he could have been number one, right? He's that good. Sure. And, oh, yeah. You know, they're just so freaking like the fact that Kate is that good and Mobley is that good presents these problems of what do you do and how do you do it, which is great for NBA teams. Uh, but it stinks because in some ways you want to have the cash and, you know, getting the number one pick gets you some cash. I'm not saying number two or number three doesn't, but, you know. Maybe that would have been something that Jalen would have liked. I think I think he'll be really good for them. I would like to see him on Houston as well. Um, if I'm Houston, I'm I don't I'm I'm just jumping in cannonballs. Like if I got a draft house, like I'm just drafting. I'm just jumping cannonballs into my pool because I just think at this point you're getting a number one pick and then you. But you are like you're you you could be getting the best player in this draft. Yeah, absolutely. Houston could get the best player in this draft. Like, I understand that we want to talk about Cade Cunningham's elite playmaking defense, ready now body, whatever. I get it. I get it. And I'm not going to blow that like everybody else. I'm just saying, like, I think it's possible we sit here and say Jalen Green's the best player in this draft class. And I think it needs to be said. And I don't think people are saying it. Which is on which is on many people. Uh, Moving forward. uh, Let's talk trades. So if you are the, if you are looking and, and let's, let's focus more so on lottery ish, but if you want, if you got some teams later in the draft, go ahead. Um, you know, obviously we got the Memphis trade, right? That was exciting. Um, Bryce, what are you seeing in this draft? If you were, you know, a GM here. Okay. And you are saying to yourself, man, you know, maybe you're the warriors who gets rumored in trades all the time. Um, maybe the magic gets flirted in trades all the time. Maybe the Pacers who gets flirted all the time. What are you trying to do here in this draft with, you know, in this draft and maybe just give me some scenarios that you like. Um, well, a lot of the, obviously a lot of these teams belong in the lottery for a reason. I agree. There's a couple teams where I'm like, okay, either they belong, but they should trade out of it. Because I think some veteran presence would, would definitely help them. Uh, but then there's teams that just flat out just don't belong, period. And one of them is the Golden State Warriors, Caleb. They, they flat out don't belong in, in this lottery. 
and that's why they're trying to pair their seven and 14th pick to get sure. somebody like a Brad Beal, which I think would be awesome, Caleb. Uh, you have Clay coming off the injury, you have Brad Beal, and you have Steph Curry, which I, th- I think would just be amazing. Um, yeah, they drafted Wiseman last year. I think they should – I honestly think they should hang on to him. I know his name's been floated yeah. in, in some some trades. Um, I know the Warriors have held discussions about uh, trying to trade for Evan Turner uh, – sorry, not Evan – Miles Turner, which I, I think Wiseman would have to be a part of that deal um, if we part with – if the Pacers part with Miles Turner. I just think he has to be. But I, I think that's unwise for Golden State. I think they should hang on to Wiseman. I really think he can be a, a great compliment to Steph Curry, I, uh, I, especially in the pick and roll game. And, and Wiseman has a bit of a mid range as well. So I really think they should hold on to them, but I don't mind them packaging their seven and 14 pick to get a veteran guard. I really have huh. no issues with that. And I think Brad Beal would be fine. I think you slide clay to the three. You have Brad Beal at the two and you just have this offensive firepower that it puts them right back in contention. If I'm being completely honest with you, Caleb. No, it would. I mean, there's a lot to like if in that potential trade. Okay. I mean, you know, I definitely think that golden state wants to try to win. Now um, they want to try to get Steph some more competitive runs in. Um, I think they want to take a little less pressure off of clay coming off the injury. I don't think they want to just rush him. To and I think that's wise. what he was. Um, but I, I agree with you, Bryce. I I really believe you're going to have to get rid of Wiseman uh, to get Beal. But I, 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 but I mean, I'm telling you, like, I, there's a fair argument, Bryce, that um, if that's what it would take, then I'm going to pass. Because I, I think, I think um, we just jumped to conclusions too much with big men too fast. Yeah. Um, it, it, we just, we, we, we did it with Wiseman this season for crying out loud. Uh, we did it with Wiseman, uh, and then he got injured and then it stopped, but you know, what's going to happen again. Um, mm-hmm. Wiseman is more talented. I want to be clear with what I'm saying, Bryce. Wiseman is more talented than DeAndre Aiden was in college. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, like he was like, and I think that's important. Like, Absolutely. I'm not saying everybody wants to talk about DeAndre Ayton's trajectory and how Wiseman could have a similar trajectory. Now that might be true, but I, I think that's unfair. Why Wiseman's overall talent is higher than DeAndre than DeAndre's was. When Wiseman before Memphis decided to to just, you know, before Memphis NCAA decided to screw it up for him, okay, like Wiseman could as a big man as a potential big man prospect, he was at the upper echelon of our generation's big man prospects. Yeah. Like the way we're talking about Evan Mobley. Okay. The way we're talking about his amazing play in college, his switchable defense, the whole nine yards. I guarantee that we would have done it with James Wiseman. If James Wiseman played a whole season in college basketball, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. And so when you have a big that talented, when you got a guy like Draymond who can mentor him for a couple more seasons and his ability to be a pick and roll partner, I'm not getting rid of that. Now, if I could do the seven and the 14 and I can make a little move, maybe I I trade one of them 
Maybe, maybe I trade, maybe I trade one of the picks and I get a rock solid player. Um, I'm not buying the Siakam to the uh, to the Warriors. I'm no, not buying no, it. No, miss me on that. I, I'm I'm not buying it. I don't I don't I don't really like it for them. I I think the Warriors. I think the Warriors could make the play for the veteran. I'm still trying to figure out who that is, what that is. Yeah, I'm not sold um, on the Beal thing either. No, because I, I here's the thing, Bryce. Like, I think I think Golden State they want to get somebody. I understand that, but why in the world? Am I just going to let somebody rip me off with Andrew Wiggins seven in the 14th? Like, I understand Andrew Wiggins did not play bad last year. He did not play bad last year. And that's important to, re- to remember, but that's not the player. I, that's, I want Wiseman if I'm the Washington Wizards. And that's really hard for me to give up if I'm the Warriors. But that could be the argument is that you have to give up that to get the star. I just, I'm not doing it. I like what the Warriors could potentially do in the draft. I really do. Um, I think I, right now there's some draft stocks, you know, where Bo Knight is potentially there for them as a creative off the bounce scar. You know, I think he'd be fantastic. He'd be fun in he the 14th pick in the 14th pick. I mean, we're looking at a lot of different pieces. Potentially we're looking at, you know, who knows here? You know, I saw something about Mitchell. I don't know if I buy the smoke, but I no, saw I it. That. I, uh, I, I, I think that the Warriors, can go, can even go with a guy that you and I, Bryce, have been skeptical on. But I'll be honest, I've been listening and I like this potential fit. I, I think Franz Wagner would be a terrific fit here. And I don't like Franz Wagner necessarily. I'm not your biggest Franz Wagner guy. Um, mm. But, you know, I, there was a question from the network being like, hey, what is the deal? I, you know, we, we are a little lower on Wagner than typically, you know, everybody else's. People are looking at him like a top 10 pick. Where would you take him? If I'm the Warriors, I think he really fits my bill. Like I do. Like he's he's somebody that I think can play in meaningful minutes. Just just not at seven. Just not at seven. If he's there at fourteen, fine, fine. But you you wouldn't do it at seven. No, you I wouldn't, wouldn't do it at seven. seven. No, I what would you pick? Seven. So you would pick Bonite at seven if he was available. I, I would. Would you Would you pick? Uh, I'm trying to think of some other guys here. That, if Bunai that or, what, or what about Moody? Would you have done Moody at seven? Would you do yes. Moody at seven? Yes, I would. Okay. Okay. Wow. Absolutely, I would. Okay. Okay. Wow. So you want, but so you don't think they go seven? You, you wouldn't go with the seventh pick on Wagner. No, Most absolutely have Wagner, not. You know, like seven to nine ish. You know, maybe the Kings look at I him. Just, I just, I can't get on board with Wagner, man. I, I can't do it. I don't. Well, explain I don't. it. Let's explain a little bit. Why you and I are a little bit more skeptical on Wagner, but depending on the fit, like the Warriors fit, I kind of like it. But why? Why are you low on Wagner? Help the help the listeners understand. It. Well, because I mean, think about this, right? If you're if you're drafting him in the top ten, right, you're expecting him to play right away. Am I wrong? No, I agree. Yeah. Okay. If you're going to put Franz Wagner in, in big time minutes, okay, at the three or the four. Okay. Okay. Think about who he has to go out there and try to guard. I agree. It's it's not it's not happening. And I don't think the, I don't yeah, think he's I agree. Look, and he's not good enough on offense no. right now. No. To make that much of an impact. Like, can he knock down shots? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Is he gonna drive? Is he gonna take you off dribble to the basket? No. No. Is he gonna hit step back jumpers on you? No. No. No, he's not. No. No, he's not. He's. I'm sorry. He's just not. I think. 
I think his personally, I think his defensive versatility and his defense gets slightly overrated because of the teams he faced in the Big Ten and the names of the Big Ten. It, the Big Ten did not have anybody in the wings that you would legitimately consider as top end guys for him to defend. No, look, I mean, you, he's you did, he is they the, didn't he's have the first top ten Big Ten prospect in this draft. Right. You have to right. go to uh let's see, who's the next Maybe Io, Io. Yeah, maybe Io. Or maybe, maybe Io I mean, the Which next you knew one, he wasn't guarding him. You knew Wagner wasn't guarding Io. Right. I mean, the right. next one. Seriously, it might be <laughs> the the next Big Ten guy it's, taking it's a drop. Might be Joe Wieskamp. It's a drop off. It's a really big drop off. The Big Ten, the Big Ten in general, when you're looking at NBA prospects, is not pretty. And I just Ooh. think that when you're talking about Wagner's versatile defense. It's like, okay, who are you guarding? Yeah. Like, like, who are you guarding? It's, it's, yeah. you know, you're yeah, going to look better when you're getting, you're going to, you're going to look better when you're guarding some of these athletes. You weren't in the, um, you know, big 12 has got a lot of pieces. Uh, you weren't looking at the, uh, uh, you know, the pac 12, you're, you know, you're not looking at some of these other schools and, and these other places where you could face high level wings. Wagner to me, um, is probably one of the safer picks, but the upside, the upside to me is tough to justify. Like, I feel yeah. like he is what he is. Like, yeah. I just, I just think he is what he is. I, I don't really think that there is much upside to be had here. Yeah. That's um, he's just where I'm at. He's a fine player. He's a fine player. And if I, I am I drafting a fine player at seven? I don't know. I might want to go a little higher. I might want to go with the guy that's got more upside uh, because who knows if I'm going to get that upside pick get. So I think the Warriors have intrigue with Wagner, but look, I can definitely see the argument to, um, you know, not drafting them there at seven. I understand it. Uh, next up, uh, you know, Bryce, uh, you had a couple, you had a couple things that you liked here from the Indiana Pacers. What do they do in the draft? Do they want to stand pat? Rice, you've been very vocal with me off the record. You've been like, dude, I'm telling you, I'm sick and tired of all these trade rumors with the Pacers. I'm sick and tired of these these draft rumors. I'm sick and tired of it. We should know what we're doing. Bryce, what should they be doing? What should the Pacers be doing? Well, we should do one of two things. One, we stay pat at 13 because I believe this draft is deep. I believe you can get a really good player at 13 right now. The buzz is that Davion Mitchell is going to fall. And I love me some Davion Mitchell, Caleb. And I know you do too. I know you love some Davion Mitchell. I do. I've heard there's been questions about his size. Um, I don't buy that at all. (laughs) That's stupid. Obviously they don't watch college basketball like we do. It's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Are you kidding me? Did you not watch him in the tournament? I know I did. (laughs) (laughs) On the biggest stage, Caleb. The stage doesn't get much bigger than that. I don't understand. (laughs) If Davion Mitchell falls to 13, I will order myself a jersey. I'm broke. Well, you're destined, for Va- you're destined for Wagner. No, no, do not, do not do that to me. Do not do that to me, Caleb <laughs> Wynn. Don't do that to me. 
We have a new coach, Rick Carlisle. He knows what he wants. He knows what it takes to win a chip. He will set us in the right path and direction in this draft. Now, here's the other thing that I will accept. I will accept trading into the top 10. I don't know how we pull that off now. Because because with, with the New Orleans-Memphis trade, I feel like New I, Orleans I was realistic. I feel I like that too. was a realistic trade. It was very I, realistic. The only other path that I see, Caleb, would would be the Golden State, the Golden State route. And I don't know that I'm necessarily keen on making a trade because I think it has to be Miles Turner. They're not going to want agree. anybody else. I agree. Unless somehow, some way, you know, you convince somebody like Orlando to take a Malcolm Brogdon, right? But but right. I, you know, Fultz is coming back. Yeah. Um, yeah, could they use more help at the point guard position? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I would accept a trade for Malcolm Brogdon. I would accept that. I would welcome that, in fact. Please, <laughs> please take Malcolm Brogdon. Please, I, I, I don't know that I want to move Miles Turner unless it's the right deal for both sides. But again, I don't feel like Pritchard has, has really screwed us on trades. I, I can't say in recent years he screwed us on trades. He even got TJ Leaf off the books for us. So, I mean, hey, <laughs> I, I, I just when do you, you want to run through? Do you want to run through the draft picks of the Pacers or do you want to just not? Do no, that? I don't, Caleb. Okay, I, okay. I really don't. I, okay, no more fine. white guys. Okay. Enough. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I, here's, 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 like, here's what I think. <laughs> here's what I think when I see the Pacers. Here's what I think. I really do think Davion's going to go to the Pacers. I really do. Like, it just seems to make a lot of sense. Oh, my gosh, dude. You are speaking my language, Caleb. But, but, but you're, I'm not going to speak your language when I tell you this, though. Uh, okay. Uh, I think if you, draft Davion, if you draft Davion Mitchell, I don't think you bring back McConnell. Fine. You don't no, care. No, no, no. Actually, here's here's what I think. Because you, you like here, you like McConnell a lot. Well, you I, and Zach I do. Both I do. Okay. So so here here's what I think. Okay. I think it's time to let go of Aaron Holiday. I think it's time to set Little Birdie free. Okay. Well, but you. But I would. I, I. But do you think that there is a market there? Yes. <laughs> I like Aaron. Um, well, I, I do too. But I think, look, I think I step back this year. I really TJ think the McConnell Pacers blew it. Oh, come on. No, no, I'm no, no I do. I, I do. I, I think they blew it. I think they blew that's it with acceptable. him. Right? No, Mc, no, Mc, McMillan did it. McMillan. Oh, did. not. He did. He did. I'll agree he slightly did. with that. He can't, I'm not he going can't, all in on that. He, he kind of cast, he casted him off. He cast him off. He didn't trust him. He never did. He never tried. Now, I'm I, way I, that. way I see it, way I see it for the Pacers is I just think that, you know, if you draft Mitchell, I don't think you need McConnell. That's to me a similar type I don't of guy. Think we need Holiday. Well, that's fine, but I think Mitchell and McConnell are the same player. I think we move. I think we move Holiday. You know, if we could get a Brogdon Holiday but package, well, right? Okay, but what who's about taking- this? What about this? What if we traded? What if we traded it to to Toronto? What if we get okay. the number four pick? What if we get the number four pick, and we could get Jalen Suggs? Well, I don't, I don't know if they'll give. I don't know if they'll give the fourth price. 
Yeah, but but Toronto, maybe Toronto's not really looking to to blow it up or rebuild. If they know they're going to lose out on Lowry, give them Brogdon, pair him with Van Vliet. You have Holiday on the bench. Caleb, you don't hate that. No, I really don't hate it. If you okay, can I can I do can I can I spin it though? Can I sure can go I ahead? Go ahead. Thing? Go ahead. I think you have to do Brogdon Holiday in the thirteenth to get the fourth. I would do it. I think I, I would be, do that, it. That would be if, would, you get, if you get Jalen Suggs. I kind of like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I just don't know what Toronto where Toronto's in a very weird space and it depends on how committed they well, are to actually wanting to rebuild or actually wanting to win. If they want to win, I think that's a wicked deal for the Raptors. If they want to if but I think it's an outstanding deal for the Pacers because not only does it take a big salary off your books, but it gives you a legit future star. The Pacers with all due respect, Bryce, I feel like you kind of know where these guys are in the sense of overall talent. Yeah, yeah. So you can't. So when if you can get a guy that's like that's got a chance to get better and not by just better, but like way better, mm-hmm. then like that would be smart for the Pacers to buy on somebody like that. Now I don't. Again, I don't know where Toronto stands. Um, there's nothing that we have, but look. I, if, if they were interested in trying to get a, a package like that, I honestly think it's really intriguing. I think Malcolm Brockton, Aaron Holiday, um, you know, the 13th pick, maybe another pick. Alex Burr is going to be so angry with me no, when no, he listens I, to this. No, I don't, I don't think he's going to be angry, but it just depends on the window. Like, it depends on the overall window, and I think that's the part that's going to be very interesting. Moving forward, um, you know, let's let's discuss, you know, some some potential fits. Obviously, Davion Mitchell is a potential fit, but mm-hmm. there's also some legit traction, you know, despite what, you know, if Mitchell was to say getting drafted a little higher, a lot of intrigue uh, with Josh Giddy, a lot of intrigue in Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas worked out with the Pacers last week. Twice, I believe. Mm-hmm. Cam Thomas is liked by the Pacers, Bryce. Are you mm-hmm. are you skeptical of Cam Thomas? Because here's what I think of Cam Thomas. I think he is a top. I, you could argue he's the best star in the draft. You could say Jalen Green and then Cam Thomas is number two. Okay. He is he is that good of a scorer. The Pacers getting a player like that is not a bad idea. If you, because here's the thing, if you draft a guy like Cam Thomas, you're trading Jeremy Lamb. If you draft a guy like Good. Cam Thomas, because then that's just, you're opening yourself up. You can maybe get the wing player, the, the guard that you want. Maybe the McConnell replacement is the package that you would give up with Lamb. Does that make sense? You know, mm-hmm. if you're the Pacers, I think that is not a horrible decision to go with Cam Thomas. I am not buying the, hey, let's go get a veteran player for this because that doesn't make any sense. The Pacers haven't had this type of pick in years. They do not want to blow it now, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, I, I, watching LSU, that, that three-headed monster that they had, it was uh, Thomas Watford and um, uh, Smart. Um, 
absolute bowlers. I mean, that, I felt I thought they could have went farther in the tournament. I really yeah, thought sure, they, they had sure. a chance. They just weren't able to get over that. But um, no, I like Cam Thomas. I like him a lot. Uh, I mean, pure score. He averaged twenty three points a game for LSU. Yeah. Um, you know, can his three ball get better? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, if he if he comes in with a solid mid range, I mean, he's well on his way. He's well on his way. Yeah, he is. Uh, again, yeah, he is. I mean, we've talked about we've talked about mid range scoring on this podcast several times. It is the basis for being an elite scorer in the league. If you if you pair I that agree. with if you improve a three point jump shot with a mid range shot, you're going to be deadly. And, and, and I yeah. like it. I don't know that I like it at 13. If I'm being completely honest with you, I, Caleb, I, I get it. I get it. I don't know. Um, I, I, <sighs> but here's my argument. Okay. My argument. Okay. And, and then I want to come back to Giddy. Like he, Cam Thomas is, Cam Thomas goes for 23 a night in the SEC. 23 a night. Now I understand the conference is an insanely deep, but he goes for 23 a night. Clearly the guy in LSU. And right. he goes out and he does it consistently. He shoots it a lot, but he matches it. If you get him to drop his overall shot selection, you're probably going to get a better player. Not to mention that I think he would fit well in a Pacer-like style of play. What I mean by that is he is he's not a great defender. I'm looking at some stuff right now. He's not a great defender. There's not a lot of interest. But the Indiana Pacers have a track record of getting guys who don't defend to defend. That goes over multiple coaches. That does not just go over Nate McMillan. That does not just go over Bjorkren. That is a historic. That is. There's a lot to say about the way the Pacers get guys who can't defend to defend. So if you can get his level of play on the Pacers as a scorer, like I feel like that opens up a lot for you. But you know, let's get into Giddy then. What I like about Giddy. I think Giddy, Bryce, if you pick Giddy, I feel like you're unlocking the treasure chest to getting off of Brockton. Giddy is the perfect, unselfish, elite-level passer, very good off the ball, doesn't have to demand the ball. Giddy, to me, would be the pick that you would make if you're trading Brockton. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that would, that's what it would signal to me. Oh, the picking Giddy? Oh, hey. We're going to trade Brockton because this is a guy that fits naturally into my starting five. He can floor general. He can set your offense up. I say, no, you're not the biggest fan, but the playmaking's elite. And for the Pacers, like sometimes the playmaking is needed. If all that you have is just a bunch of scores and guys who score the ball, like uh-huh. you and I have talked about it. There is one guy on the Pacers that can be good without the ball in their starting five. And that is Miles Turner. Other than that, every guy in the Pacers starting lineup needs to have the ball to be good. I think a Josh Giddy who could be a passer and a playmaker would benefit and expand the other guys' game. Now, what do you think on Giddy? Well, I, he was starting to grow on me, Caleb, but when you put it that way, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think he does fit. Um, and I mean, he's got a big body. I mean, he's six foot eight point guard. 
I see that's nasty. Pacers haven't had that. I don't even know when the Pacers have had a player like that. Right. I mean, I, I know we threw out a trade package for Ben Simmons, but and, and, and the, look, this is not me saying Josh Giddy is Ben Simmons. I'm not saying that. No, no, I know you're not. I but know what you're I'm not. saying is you have yes. a big point guard that can pass the ball. And it could, I mean, could potentially be a triple awesome. double threat I, as well. I mean, I, I'm just putting it out there. Yes. It's starting to grow on me, Caleb. I know I said no white guys. No, but I get This it. would probably be the only exception. I don't oh, want to see Corey Kispert yes. come across my screen. I don't want to see Franz Wagner come across my screen next to the Pacers. I don't want to see it. <laughs> Period. Okay. I think I think with Josh Giddy, with his level of IQ, would give the Pacers something they've been begging for for years. High IQ offense running their system. Oh, and that's they, what we need. They just they haven't. Yeah, you, you, this might be low, but I don't really care. Like, in terms of high IQ level guy who could run your offense, the best that you've done maybe is Darren Carlson. That's what I was just thinking about. Like, Brogdon is – Brogdon, Brogdon, like, here's the thing. Brogdon's a better player than Darren Collison. Okay, I'm not disputing it. I'm just saying running your offense. I'm yeah. saying is he willing to do what it takes to get others involved, be efficient, but not be by himself? Like Josh Giddy has clearly, clearly suggested that I am a amazing passer. I throw dimes. I'm cool with it. And for the Pacers, that's the type of guy I would want. That's the type of player I need. I need guys that can get off the ball. Mm-hmm. I need guys who can do things that don't have to involve scoring. Yeah. And that to me, that to me is Josh Giddy. And I, I think that's a phenomenal player for them. Would love to see him and Sabonis. Would love to see him and Turner. Look, at one point, I wasn't a big Giddy guy either, Bryce. But for some teams, I really like Giddy. I really like Giddy for the Pacers if he was available. And I understand that that's a big if, but it's possible. The Grizzlies were rumored when they traded for the 10th pick to get Giddy. But maybe they don't. And if they don't, I think Indiana might be a nice slot for him in case that works out. Moving forward. Um, you know, is there a team in mind for you that is, you know, you feel like is under the gun here? They have to nail it. If they don't nail it, they're screwed. Who is that team for you? And, you know, like, is, and, and no, don't like, I mean, I guess you can't go with some of the, you can go with higher pick or something, but like, in terms of like, a team that you feel like, man, they got to get this. Like this would be a big step to their foundation. This could be a big step for their overall play. This would be a big step for organization. Who is that team for you in the sense of you feel like guy has the most pressure? Well, for me, Caleb, and it's kind of a vengeance thing for me as well, but it's, it's gotta be Oklahoma city. Huh. It has to be. Are, are, are they just going to be organ donors for, for the contenders or the teams that are actually serious about building? Mm. I mean, seriously, how many draft picks are you going to acquire mm. and how many guys that are that you've drafted with those draft picks are you going to trade away? Wow. I mean, seriously. Wow. Moses Brown. Uh, Diallo. I mean, what? Right. How many more guys? Yeah. Are you going to trade SGA away soon? Mm. 
I mean, what do you, what do you do something? That's fair. Put a team out there that's ready that that's gonna make some some noise this season. I get it. I mean, yet for a season he turns you into a playoff team. I mean, come right. on. Right. Come on. Yeah, there is I mean, something. They, they start there. at six. They start. Sorry yes. for picking a high picker, but they start at no. six. They have uh, they have sixteen. Uh, they have um, they have thirty five and thirty six, and they have fifty five. They have, they have a lot of draft picks in this draft, a very deep draft, Caleb, very yeah. deep draft. Yeah. And I don't want to see him end up like, like what Atlanta's about to go through when they want to start the cycle again and maybe get rid of Cam Reddish. That's foolish. Hmm. Okay. Either trade for some veteran depth, get guys in there that can play or draft some of these guys that are going to be great right out of, right out of college. They need to nail this draft. Otherwise I Sam Presti is just, just dicking around in the NBA and it's he's about to become a very cute GM. That's what he's about to become. He's going to be cute. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that was coming today. Look, I, the way that I see, I get it. I, I get it. Like the Thunder have a lot of pieces that are just straight potential. That's just what they are. They're all about what's the big boom. And I agree with you, Bryce. I think they need some steady Eddie prospects. I think they need some guys that um, could come in and be a, a guy that can walk in and be a big contributor. Like for example, um, I think Moses Moody would be a great player for them. Moses Moody is one of the safest players. You know what you're getting as soon as he walks in the door and he's a 10 year guy in the league. Draft him. Draft him. I don't think I agree with you that getting guys that are quote unquote very big in terms of you have to develop them in the right way. They have so many players like that. I don't understand why you would get like four or five of them. Like get get some Moses Moody type. Um, honestly, like be a Duarte type. Chris, be a Chris Duarte type. Get a guy like that who's 23, who's older, who can play, who can handle, veteran. Um, I, you know, heck, I mean, even get a Trey Murphy. Like I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm, I'm looking at guys that are veteran-esque who can get it done for them and not be as, quote-unquote, reliant on potential. They are in a tough position. I think that's a very fair team, Bryce. Um, you know what my team is? Hmm. Charlotte Hornets. Okay. I think I think the Charlotte Hornets really need to nail the eleventh pick in this draft. Okay. I think the, I think the Charlotte Hornets need to nail this pick because there is a glaring need at one position and one position in particular. Center, folks. Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo. That is like I'm trying to think of the comparison. That is like just the epitome of of uh, of trash. It's like whatever you think, like you're tra- like if if you're like like you you don't you don't want to have like Cody Zeller at one the year he was in Indiana first couple years he's in Indiana he was trendy as all get out. Everybody wanted him. Everybody everybody loved him. Comparing it to the music world, I'm about to pull a big one. 
Oh no. You don't need another Fetty Wap. Oh, you need no, it. You no, need it. No, you you need you no, need it. You you on. really need you really need a no. stable guy. You need somebody who's gonna give you more than five months. Oh. The Hornets desperately need to get a prospect that lasts longer than five months or a year. They I think Kai Jones is an intriguing guy for them because the glaring need. But then again, like, could I get Sangoon? Is Sangoon worth it? He might be worth it. Well, I think so- the Hornets, the Hornets need to nail it. They, they, they are so bad in the front court. Bismack Piampo and Tony Zeller. Tony Zeller, I don't even think should be playing in normal you, rotation he, he minutes. He looks like he should sell insurance. I've told you that. I mean, God, I mean, the Hornets have to fix the front court. They have. Well, so, so, so here, here was the, here was what Mitch Kupchak said today, GM of the Hornets. Okay. Oh, this is what he said, Caleb. Okay. He said that they will not be hunting for a center in the draft. They are going to draft the best player available. That is a direct quote. Now here's who he's been linked to. Okay. I, I, I think that's a smoke screen. I think that's stupid. And Mitch Kupchak knows better. Kai Jones out of Texas will be drafted by the Charlotte Hornets at the 11 spot because they have no way to acquire Miles Turner, which they've been trying to do so in the la- in the past two years. It's not going to happen. They're going to have to settle for Kai Jones, which I don't think is bad. I really don't. I think they improve. It, they're, it, it's, is it what they want? No. I think they're looking for a veteran center. Um, I, I think maybe they should take a run at Jared Allen. Signing Jared Allen. Now I've heard the Raptors have become very strong suitors for Jared Allen. Yeah, but I I really like Jared Allen to to the Hornets. I I, I mean, look, if they had the ability to do it, uh, uh, you know, Holmes has been a rumor there for a long time. I wouldn't hate that either. No, I think the the Hornets. All I know is the Hornets have to fix it, and they got to get somebody because their get center position. Who's they play need, good pick and roll with Lamelo. They Paul. need they need a center. And that and see that's where Kai Jones comes into play, but Kai Jones is also very raw. Is Absolutely. It, is so if you draft Kai Jones, which I'm not necessarily opposed to doing that, but if you if you draft him, think that's the right fit, then I guess they're gonna need something to boost their starting lineup because Holmes is not gonna start. Or pardon, Jones is not gonna start. So mm-hmm. you're gonna have to get a guy, a Holmes-esque type, which has been a rumor for a long time. If that's the case, like Fine, I'm in, but um, that depends on Kupchak's overall thinking. I think Kai Jones would be fun there. That's probably the more predictable pick, but I think that's probably the right pick. But then go get a veteran and allow Kai to develop. Kai, I don't mean to be this guy, okay, Bryce? I don't mean to be this guy because he played. He plays in the same college, okay? So it's like very. He played at the same college and he came out like a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. But like, I think Kai Jones and Jackson Hayes could have very similar college basketballers, pardon NBA careers. Sure, okay. Like just this, just these really ridiculous leap and and leap guys. But the thing about Kai is Kai can shoot. Yeah. So that's that's the advantage. There's so much uniqueness. But I think that they could have similar careers. Lamelo Ball with the high level athletic big man can get way better. Like, way better. And Kai Jones does that probably better than anybody that you can pick in the draft that's still available at 11. I like that pick. I hope they nail it because I think the Hornets could really use a good draft pick. Uh, moving forward, uh, you know, let's let's talk about some guys that, you know, 
Alex Burr, said, hey, I want you to group these guys for me. I'm trying to figure out who I want most. Now, Bryce, we have to we have to rank them. You can't just sit there and give me the bull crap. I, I'll give Corey it to you. Kispert, I, I got it. I got my Corey Kispert, right here. Davion Mitchell, Trey Murphy, Moses Moody, and Chris Duarte. Mm-hmm. My friend, you have to rank these guys one through five. Oh, I got it. And this is easy. This right, is easy for me. Number one. Okay. Give me Davion Mitchell. Give me Davion Mitchell. Okay. Again, okay. go watch him. Go go watch the championship game. Go watch the final four game. All right. You do need to get you do need to get a room. Can I, I will. I will get room. Oh, please. Okay. Please order my Pacers jersey for me. Please. Okay, let's book it at the Marriott. Seventh floor. All right. Number two. Give me Moses Moody. Again, you know what you're getting from him. Okay. You're gonna okay. get a guy that's super athletic, can finish yep. around the rim, yep. is a work in progress with the jump shot. Okay. Three, give me Chris Dorte. Okay. Knockdown shooter. Um, he's going to play really hard for you. Uh, if you watched any Oregon during the NCAA tournament, you saw that. You saw it. Number four, give me Trey Murphy. Okay. We know what Virginia guys can do. Um, we even saw Ty Jerome uh, play some good minutes for Oklahoma City. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, uh, he's going to play big minutes for the Hawks once he gets healthy again. Um, he had a lot of injury troubles this season. So, I mean, you know what you're going to get from, Virgin, from Virginia yep. guys. And then five, give me Kispert. The only thing I saw Kispert. You hate Kispert. I'm so you done with this. This is stupid. Uh, the fact that he was even mentioned, like, in the top 50, it's so stupid. It's dumb. <laughs> what, what? What is he bringing me? Tell well, me. Okay. Uh, okay. So, here's he, I'll, I'll defend him. I'll defend Just, him. Uh, so, go ahead. Well, he's he's a smart he's a smart role player. Smart. You're drafting him to get a guy who can eventually become a really high level movement shooting role player. That's what you're drafting him for. Sure. So can I can I give you an example? Go can ahead. I give you an example of a Go team? Ahead. So if I'm a team like the Pelicans, I'm really hoping he falls. Because I I think that when they don't have people like that, mm-hmm. you, you need movement shooting if you're going to have the paint so concentrated, which is honestly what's going to happen. Like they have Zion who's – let's just face the facts. He's in the paint. He's in the paint. You almost have to be very similar to Giannis in that retrospect. That's kind of what you have to think of. He's just going to dominate. He's going to bully to the paint, right? So mm-hmm. the paint's crowded. Ingram can kind of do it all, so I kind of exempt him. That's kind of the other side of it. Alexander Walker can shoot a little bit. You know, if the Pelicans want to do something else, like maybe Lewis is an intriguing fit. I like Lewis, but I'm not banking on Lewis being a high-level shooter, right? Sure. A lot of it's going to be playmaking off the dribble. So if I'm going to have playmaking in Lewis, Ingram, who's a great driver, Zion, who's a really good finisher, I want shooting. So if I want shooting... I need a guy who can not only do it from just stand, you know, just, just from being open, but being able to move effectively in sets. I think Kisper could be high, could be a great player for them at 10. I am not, I'm not going to sit here and say he's, he's like a seventh pick type guy. I'm not picking him one through seven. Okay. I'm not picking him like in the top eight, but depending on the team in the lottery for me, new Orleans is a great example. Um, I think their strategy is they feel like Kispert's going to fall. I really do. I think their guy is going to fall. And I think their guy is Corey Kispert. And I believe that they decided that we can get the guy that we want without having to take the 10th pick. 
And I think it's going to work. Because if you really think about it, if you really think about it, Bryce, if you look at the draft and you say to yourself, okay, let's look at like seven, like, let's look at like the guys that could be around there. Every guy that like you could look at from like 10 to 17 is completely wide the heck open, mm-hmm. right? Like Kai Jones, wide open, Garuba, wide open, Dorte, wide open, Moody, Moody, Thomas, Williams, um, Kay Johnson, Keon Johnson, Trey Murphy, like None of these guys are locks in their draft slots right now. These, they could go all over the place. A guy like Kispert, I feel like he could fall right where the Pelicans want him. Mm-hmm. And I think seven, you're picking him at seven, 17. You're picking him at 17. If you pick him at 17, Bryce, that's a good pick. He's, he's not a top 10 guy like everybody projected. I but agree. I think he could slip the 17. And if he slips the 17, then that's steal. Because I think you need players like that if you're Zion Williamson. That's, that's a player yeah. that keeps you happy. That's fine. I, I'm fine with that. Okay. Just miss me on a top 15 pick with Corey that's Kisper. Fair. Come on, man. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, for me, I'll do my rankings. Uh, I actually have mine a little bit different than yours. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go Moody number one with Mitchell number two. Uh, I think Moody is the most steady guy in this draft and the safest guy for me. I it's like I really, I think he's literally like if you draft him, it's like cool. I get a player for ten years. Uh, Mitchell is really good. Uh, I have him number two, um, just because I think he's a good fit on high lottery teams, aka the Pelicans. Like I just mentioned, I have Kispert in number three. Oh. I have Duarte. I have Duarte at number four, and I have Murphy number five. Most teams, I'm taking Duarte and Murphy over Kispert, but given where I think they're going to go, I'll take Kispert, Duarte, Murphy. Moving forward, um, let's 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 take a look at some other guys that could be around there, and that could be Zaire Williams. Zaire Williamson, or Z- <laughs> Williams. Uh, Zaire Williams, hey. a guy you know that that had a high level talent coming out of high school, ends up going to Stanford. Bryce, Stanford sucked. They didn't play good. They would just, they just were not good. Mm-hmm. Zaire Williams still continues to find his talent. Mm-hmm. Is Zaire Williams a steal of the draft? I think I think he absolutely could be. I mean, his numbers don't st- don't jump off at the pay- off the page at you. They really don't. I think he averaged yeah. like ten points a game. Okay, yeah. you're like, why would I want a kid that averages ten points a game? Because of his raw talent. That's why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's six eight wing yeah. his jump shot's only going to get better i mean he's a little bit of a project but i mean when you look at some of these other project guys in the nba um you know you look at a guy like mikhail bridges you look at a guy like cam johnson uh both those guys are at phoenix they those guys were kind of taken you're kind of like who and why are you taking them but i they showed you they balled out and I would almost compare Zaire Williams more to a Cam Johnson more than anything, just not as good of a shooter, of course. But as far as like body type goes, if you really develop that, you really got something. You got a really nice role player. Um, if a contend, if a team that's, you know, is almost there to a contender, you know, he can really flourish in year two or three and really help you down the line. So, yeah, he absolutely could be the seal of draft. Um, I, I think there's a couple others uh, that, that come to mind for me, and I, I think we're going to talk about some guys that are going to be taken later um, that I can fill you in on. 
that you would be interested in, Caleb. Sure. Sure. No, I think I think that Zaire Williams, he is he is a very talented player and a player that a lot of people had very high. And at first, like his talent coming out of high school was that he would be a walking top five pick. Well, here's the problem with that. When you're a player like Zaire, when you're a player like Williams, who couldn't really show it in the sense of he he wasn't necessarily winning like he wanted. And he wasn't giving it. It did seem like he was kind of falling off. His shot is definitely not there. You would have to develop the shot and you would really have to tweak that. But I, I definitely think there's a real shot that he's stealing this draft because, you know, the talent level is clearly there. And, you know, if I'm a team that's got a lower end pick with the chance to get a higher upside player, well, hello. I mean, I'm taking him, right? I can, I can. I, how many times can you get a player this talented at like 17 or 20? How many times, Bryce? Probably not that much. So right. I like that a lot for them. I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, I think Zyre Williams, Williams, I think, can be a sleeper. Um, but there's a lot of teams that I like. Um, and then real quick for our last question, who's a guy that could be selected by a contender in the 20 to 31 range that can help one? Ooh. I got a couple guys. Can I, can I just run through them? I won't say. Yeah, sure. No. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Top of my list, Jalen Johnson from Duke. I really think that's a guy. He's a guy that's really being overlooked because Duke was, was so garbage this year um, in college basketball. So I think he's really getting overlooked. Um, And then I know Caleb's guy. These are, these are Caleb's guys right here, but, but the two guys coming out of Tennessee, Keon Johnson and, uh, and Jaden Springer, I think those are two guys that can, that can really help a team. And then uh, the other guy that we, that we get a room with Caleb, okay, Jared Butler got cleared. Nobody's really looking at him anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think he's another guy that can provide some stability on the floor for a team. So those are, those are four guys uh, that, that you should be on the lookout for um, and, and probably see some playing time in in, uh, this season. So I'll go with different guys than he did. Did you have the same Um, ones? No, I'm just saying I'll go with different guys. So I, I've got Isaiah Jackson, as a player that I really like, interesting, interesting. Um, you know, as this kind of like, Hey, like, you know, it's a nice big in the late part of the draft and there's a lot of guards in the late part of the draft. And if you hit it right, you could get arguably the second best big guy in this draft. Maybe you want to do that. If you're the, if you, if you're a team later in the draft, that's intriguing to me. Um, I think bones Highland uh, from VCU is a complete bucket getter. I like that. Uh, I, I think I think that he is a guy that by all means necessary contender should be uh, craving. Uh, definition of a high-level microwave guy could come right off your bench and give you 15, 18. Uh, I like I, he would be able to play for you. Um, he's got experience. He's going to give it to you on both ends. I like Bones. Uh, the other guy that I really like, uh, in that in that 24-30, I'm looking at draft net right now, looking at some other guys like, I actually think a guy that I just for some reason don't understand why he's so underrated by so many, even though their team was so good this season. Like Joel Ayayi is a I was heck of I a player. thought about that one. And I don't understand 
Like if you're Utah, which is what I'm seeing right now, DraftNet suggests the Utah gets Joel Ayayi. Uh, I'm doing. I'm. 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 I am just gonna get a room with that pick because he is a player that just he has winning all over him. He's winning all over him. If I'm a contender, I don't want Josh Christopher. No. I don't want. I mean, I like Springer, but there's other guys around the in that area that I want the winning. I don't want talent. I want winning. I want winning. And at 21 to 30, that's a different, you have to think differently when you get to those picks. Like I think Iodasumu would be a very smart pick for a contending team. High level score, smart player. Isn't going to make himself, isn't going to beat himself. Does that make any sense? Yep. He's not going to do that necessarily. Yep. Like Primo, a lot of people like him. Think he went to the draft too early. I feel like people are overlooking Herb Jones at Alabama. I do. I do too. I do too. I do too. They're saying second was, round, which is fine. But go ahead and develop that kid and I, see what I happens. I agree. I agree because his defense, his defensive versatility is awesome. Yeah, go like, ahead. I feel like he's a very like like uh, Bryce. I think he's very uh, Jay Sean Tate esque. Yeah. Like you just could come in and be like a three four, but then just defend every guy that you have on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Like absolutely. I think he he's would be being a, overlooked heavily. I I agree. Um, if you look at the second round, I think JT Thor is interesting. I think Shreve Cooper is interesting. Those are two teammates from Auburn. I think those guys are good. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else in the second round that I think could be interesting. I think David Duke is really interesting. Um, I think that uh, Dayron Sharp is very interesting. Um, yeah, Jeremiah Robinson earlier is obvious in terms of a second round steal, so I'm not going to really talk about him. Um, Greg Brown, I think, is interesting as well. So if, if you're a second-round team, I think that uh, there's intrigue for you there. Uh, there's intrigue in the back half of the draft. Um, you know, Bryce, I think this is going to be a really fun uh, thing to watch Thursday. What are teams going to do? Are there going to be trades? Is it going to be active? But right now, you and I are just going off what we know. Uh, that's just kind of the, That's just kind of how it is. If there's trades that happen, there's trades that happen. But we're going off of what we know, uh, and I, I feel like we we're able to to give the analysis we were wanting, Bryce. Absolutely, absolutely. I can't wait for Thursday. Yeah, and 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 there's plenty of content coming along the way. Uh, Triple Option Podcast is actually working on some details for an episode. Check that out. Uh, Sturgill Simpson episodes on the Running Hook Podcast Network, uh, and has has been dropping for Divine Rhyme. Please check that out. Alex Burr. Uh, Dylan Hughes will be talking draft coverage, NBA, whole nine yards as well. Zach back on Circle City Cinema Train, uh, looking out to put more on his favorite movie series. There's plenty of things for you. And uh, without further ado, uh, thank you for listening to your Insanity Podcast.